Hope everybody liked part one, uh, foundation of CBA, our first segment. Um, this will be our second segment of the foundation of CBA and the word culture and what it means to Joel and Max. Uh, enjoy. All right, welcome everybody. Uh, I see everybody made it through the snowmageddon. Uh, did you get your tire fixed, Max? The tire's fixed. There was two nails in the back left tire. <laughs> two? Are you driving through a construction zone? I, I drive probably close to 65, 70 miles a day. So it was due for, this is the first one in a while. So it was overdue. But it's all good now. Got it before the snow I'm almost wondering with technology nowadays with the internet and what we did during COVID with online teaching why we even need snow days anymore it's like yeah put the kids in front of a computer and just teach right, them right. something. yeah teach them something and also i mean the snow really didn't start coming down to mid mid-afternoon so a lot of parents were getting antsy at that point about doing something with their kids and getting them out the house because that felt like a covid day that's like all right what are we doing all day you know so uh, get to snowing get to shoveling get you know get them out of the house doing something easy for kids is to sit around and play on the video games not doing much so the best thing to do is try to get them moving <laughs> and grooving and get them get them out of your face yeah i made mason shovel so yeah <laughs> get off the xbox shovel right uh so today uh our topic we want to talk a little bit about cba um and at in itself um the stuff you guys are doing uh, the culture you're creating, and we'll get into that word culture a little bit because there's so many meanings. Um, to start out with, I want to just tell a little bit of a story. Uh, people who don't know me, um, I'm just a parent that's been involved with girls basketball for uh, over a decade, uh, coaching my daughters and stuff. Uh, I helped out with CBA last year on the boys' side and the girls' side a little bit. Um, so being involved with the sports for so long, I've seen other programs and met a lot of different other coaches. So when Molly started playing, you know, I got her involved and I took her to one of Joe's trainings. And we walk into this gym, and I think you were doing Hannah back then. It was just yep. a very small group. You were in yep. elementary schools. I think yep. we were at Lumen Christie on a Saturday morning. Yep, we were. And I walk in there, and it's my fifth grade daughter, Molly, and I think there are two or three boys, middle schoolers in there, and I'm like, oh, crap, she's going to feel <laughs> awkward, you know? So I'm like, oh. Maybe I should come back. And Joel's like, nope, she can stay. So he took the boys and gave them some drills to do by themselves. Mm-hmm. And then he took Molly down to the other side of the gym by herself, sits his ass on the floor, <laughs> and holds her feet while she shoots free throws Yeah, for like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, he didn't know me. He didn't know who I was. Here's my fifth grade daughter just meeting. You know, right then, you know, I kind of knew, you know, you're different, and, and this is different. Um, now, fast forward now, you know, as being part of CBA, doing this podcast, getting to know you a little more personally, knowing your family, mm-hmm. meeting Max. Um, last week, we had Tim in a pretty powerful podcast, right? And seeing you guys interact with him. But what people didn't see was Max getting emotional. Mm-hmm. After the podcast was over, the hugs the I love you man you know people didn't see that part about it let's dive a little bit into the personal aspect of CBA and what makes it different in your personal experiences that have contributed to what you're building yeah um yeah let's talk about that a little bit I I I think um a couple things um it it takes a long time to build a culture that um well represents who you are as a person um 
And obviously that starts with the coaches that you have because you can't coach every team. Uh, but also the parents that we have are just great. And um, for the players that we come across, I, I learned to lean um, towards uh, extra hugs, extra uh, getting to know the people. Because once you get to know them, they'll give you everything that you have. Now, that takes tons of hours, tons of, you know, um, getting to know the players. Because some people might need more than others. Um, you know, I was talking to Max last week. Like, people don't understand how much we do outside of just the two hours and that you see us in the gym. It's more so... Uh, which kid needs a phone call? Which kid needs a, you know, a text message saying you're doing all right? Keep going. Uh, we care about you. We love you. Keep going. Uh, that stuff can consume your whole day, which it does. If you want to build something the right way, it never turns off. And I think that's something to, to do with the culture that we're trying to teach. It's, it doesn't matter if there's a fifth grade girl walking in or a, you know, uh, 11th grader who's already very accomplished uh, every player matters every kid matters because the game is not just about basketball it's about life and you know what you're trying to teach them is through the sport that we learn from so that's what was so important to me because I've learned from so many different people along the way and that's why I say it takes a village to raise our kids because you know I got fourth grade boys and I haven't coached them yet you know it's going to be a time where I take them um, but it's the village that helps keep raising your kids and when Molly walked through that door as a fifth grader I'm a part of her village now and that's how I view every kid that walks through Um, because they all going to need something different every year every week there's something new to learn grow but the village matters and I think that's the best part of being a part of her culture is identifying your village uh, who you can trust and and it kind of takes off from there When you talk about, like, different coaches and stuff you've done in the past and how you take stuff, how has, um, like, team chemistry in the past, both at Marquette, overseas, you know, different teammates, different coaches, how have experiences through that kind of helped you create what you're doing now? Yeah, I I think um, everybody um, has different coaches that helps them along the way and players. So for me being – I've had three great, really great coaches in high school. Uh, my freshman coach was a personable coach who used to pick us up all the time. He's a white guy, and his name is Joe Gunderson. He used to come in the middle of the hood, pick up all the kids, take them to breakfast, pick them up for practice, take them home, you know, listen to the stations we want to listen to. Um, he can relate to you to get the best out of you to play. Um, so, you know, that freshman year we have 60 kids that try out um, it's an A and a B team. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to make that A team. Um, we have six or seven different uh, cities into one high school. So we are dominant for us. Um, so it's two it's two high schools, one um, basketball program. <laughs> so we were just dominant, you know, throughout those years that I played. And he was a big part of that because he had relatability to his players. Um, and then my sophomore year, um, he, my sophomore coach, uh, Pete McGuire, he's in the Hall of Fame. How many sophomore coaches you know are is in the Basketball Hall of Fame? Uh, it just doesn't happen. It's not normal. So, you know, he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and he's more of the Phil Jackson type coach. You know, he'll get on you when he has to, um, but, you know, practices were intense. He 
you know, he's um, very good with his words. He doesn't just speak to speak. His Wherever he spoke, it was something that you need to take with you. Um, so, you know, I always remember that about him. And then halfway through my my um, sophomore year, I got moved up to varsity. And then my varsity coach, uh, all three guys are white. And 90% of our uh, community and school is black. So, you know, that's a culture shock for those guys to coach us and vice versa, you know, not to be coached by, you know, um, you know, white coaches, um, not having a lot of white teammates, you know, so you're, you're learning on the fly. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing about sports. So I've just been raised in, in sports mentality. My, my varsity coach, uh, who recently passed away about a year ago, he's in a basketball hall of fame too. So I just learned, and he was very, he was a very, um, you know, slow it down type of coach. You know, now he's from Indiana. So he was very scripted to, you, you need to play this way. We're going to score about 50, 60 points a game. You know, we're going to move the ball. We're going to share the ball. We're going to play this flex offense. And, you know, he, he coaching all black dudes from the hood. So we're like, man, <laughs> like what we doing here? So, you know, he got the best out of us to play a style of play that was conducive to him. Uh, which, you know, when he saw how hard you work, when he saw how disciplined you were, he, he let you have more reign. And that was huge for me because I was his first All-State player. He coached for 30-some years, and I was his only All-State player at that point um, to come through the door. So he allowed me to grow my game as I became the face of the team, leader, um, and he and he was really good for me in that way because he wasn't going to let any of us slack. And that's what you want as a player. So, you know, going into Marquette, now that's a wholly, totally different story. I mean, Marquette is just um, a different animal on his own. I mean, Coach Tom Crean, um, he, he was just amazing. For any young player that don't have a father in their life, um, he was amazing because he won't let you slide on anything. So, you know, if like for me, I was a McDonald's All-American nominee. Uh, I've done a lot of great stuff in high school. So at 17, 18, you don't really understand, you know, what's next. You, you think well, whoever you are as that player, is gonna, you're going to be the same player again <laughs> when you rock through that door. And nine times out of ten, most of us not going to be that player. So you, you have to understand what that team needs you to be, uh, who's already there, uh, what they're looking for, you know, uh, from you. And that takes time, you know, from building relationships with your coaches um, that's important. So our assistant coaches to our head coaches, um, identifying a role that they need from you and you buying into that role. Uh, it wasn't me scoring 25 a game like high school. It was more so um, I shot 50% from the three-point line. I guarded the best players. I took a lot of charges. I was a great teammate. I dove on the floor for loose balls. Um, that's why we want you. And you don't know that as a player. you know. So identifying what your niche is, was important that I learned at Marquette. Um, you know, in my four years, I was all-time leader in games played, me and Steve Novak. Um, never missed a game. So when coaches say the best attribute is availability, sometimes that's true because the more available you are, the more you can expand your game. Um, so at Marquette, I learned how to play the point guard position um, all the way to the power forward position. I started in one of those four spots you know, a lot of my careers at Marquette. And I think that was important 
um, to identify what the team needs as opposed to what you need as a as a um, player. And the most important thing that Marquette to- taught me was uh, to get out of being about me. It was more so about the team. Um, and once you start looking through the lenses of me versus uh, we versus me, then it's, it becomes easier. Uh, but most of us, it takes time to get to that point. Um, so those are the biggest areas that I learned at Marquette. Say please and thank you. Have eye contact. Being on time is 15 minutes early. Uh, being demanding, not demeaning. Um, you know, and you know, have passion while you're practicing. Being loud, being aggressive, uh, watching film. Uh, don't be afraid to call people out. Um, having great leaders like we had with Diener and, and Novak and Wade. Uh, leadership matters if you're trying to win at a high level. It can't always come from the coaches. Um, that's the stuff that I learned at Marquette in those four years, playing for Coach Green. And we had great players along the way that I played with that, like I said previously, um, the, the people that you're around help, help shape you too. You don't know when it happens. might not happen in those four years, but as a player in person, the people you surround yourself with only elevates who you are as a person. Uh, so in those four years, um, I thought that was great. Um, and lastly, I played 11 years overseas. And you had some great coaches, you had some you know, not-so-good coaches. Uh, I remember in particular I was older than one of my coaches as I was playing, so it was a learning experience for for a lot of us as we got older, you know, playing for coaches that you know more than, uh, but also accepting that and helping uh, him as a coach, but also uh, understanding that everyone matters. You know, everyone's in different positions. So overseas, I played in 18, saw 18 different countries, um, which is beautiful uh, because it helps you dive into different cultures around the world. Um, and that helped me. Uh, one of my coaches at Marquette, um, he, one of the first things he told me is, if, if you're going to go play overseas, um, learn how to um, get to know the other players, not just the Americans. Because you're going to get to know the Americans just because you're going to see them every day. But those nine Japanese players, those, those nine you know, players that whatever country you're in, those are the players that's going to help you win. So, you know, once you land, uh, unpack, get to know those players more than you get to know the Americans because it's going to take time. There's language barriers. There's different cultures, different, you know, things. But if you spend time more learning and diving into um, their culture, the more they will respect you and do more for you on the court. Um, so that was a great time period for me from learning um, a lot. Uh, play for a great coach, uh, Flab for, uh, Fab uh, Flournoy. He's in, where is he now? He's with the Philadelphia 76ers as assistant coach. Um, he was my coach in England for five years. Um, and in those five years, we've been through a lot of wars. Uh, he was a player coach. So um, he was very feisty. He, he had his rules. They, they won a lot before I got there. Um, that was another, you know, buy-in culture to what we're doing and then succeed after that, um, which was great. We won nine championships together, um, won player of the year twice there, um, and it was just a great experience. Uh, for me, I learned a lot in those five years in Newcastle. Um, I tore my Achilles when I was 24, 25, and, and I didn't go home. I stayed there, and by staying there, it was a big change in how I viewed everything. 
as far as basketball, relationships, um, friendships, coaches, um, because there wasn't a lot of people checking in on me. So, you know, I was there as a 24, 25-year-old, you know, and you're going through an injury like that where you can't move, um, you're, in a, you're in a boot, you're in a cast, you're doing rehab where no one's checking in on you. So what, what happened to me was that that Newcastle family, the fan base, the coaches, the players, they came over every day, you know, dropping out food, um, checking in on me, you know, washing clothes. You know, I had my own apartment, home car. You know, people used to just come over and show their character, you know. And that what stuck out to me is why I always kind of went back to that place because the character of what I was learning was far more than keep jumping from um, – you know, country to country, trying to continue to play different places. I was fortunate enough to play in seven different places, but Newcastle was my favorite as far as what I learned um, in, in that time process and who I learned from and the teammates that I had. So that all shaped me, you know, to become the coach, um, trainer, um, and the CBA organization that I'm trying to shape. It all started with with the coaches I had in high school, um, Coach Tom Kareen at Marquette, at the time, and then Coach Fab, um, th- those three um, coaches was was instrumental to to my success. Max, talk a little bit about like your background, how you got involved in CBA. Um, you're a big, you're a huge part of it now. Um, one of the main main dudes. Um, your relationship with Joel, what it means, and what you feel like to be part of it. Yeah, I think it was just an email. I think I shot him an email in like the fall of. 2019 yeah it would have been 2019 when i got back from washington yep um and just wanted to get involved like the first time when i was leaving washington meeting met with like the coaching staff i'm like hey what did you want to do next and that was the first time anyone told me like go work for an aau program you'll be able to coach you'll learn on the fly you'll meet a ton of different people and at that point like you'd get recruiting contacts per se in that program um so then i started reaching out joe was probably the first and only one that probably got back uh with (laughs) some of the other local aau programs around here did not reach back so and i think that was the first year yes going into the second year yeah how long how long have you how long has it been i'm trying to it would have been 2019 to so is this year five that's year five yeah and we started 2017 so he was you know two years after we we started uh, so you know he had to start lower and work with work his way up you know he had what, yeah. fifth grade team yeah you I, I started with shoot U10 <laughs> yeah. yeah I think it was U10 U10 <laughs> U10 U11 and I had I had one team the first year kind of helped out in more of like an assistant slash head role as it went through yep um, and then the second year I had two teams and me and Tim Harper, who's yeah. around here and another familiar face, we took those guys. I think we've had them the last three years. Yep. Um, and it's just cool to see, like, the development of those kids, the development of us as coaches, like, figuring out how to keep your stuff, how to teach as simply, as simple as possible to where, like, a 10-year-old, and 11-year-old can understand it and then go do it coaching 10 year olds it's a lot of dribble the ball dribble (laughs) yeah and i think it's just like it helped me a lot personally um so yeah that's kind of how it started here and just like joe said built trust throughout like just me kind of 
taking the reins on those two groups. Like, I don't think Joe really, he didn't, he wasn't micromanaging me. He wasn't like on top of me, like, you got to do this and that. I kind of figured it out and flowed, and that's where we kind of built our trust throughout those teams. Um, I hope I didn't get any uh, parent emails from those teams sent over to (laughs) Carolyn and Joe, but there might have been one. Otherwise, like, I think I just was able to focus on those 20 or so kids. Um, build a good culture between those those teams and now I don't even have that group Tim has them completely and they're beating A teams they're beating B teams teams that they shouldn't be just based on kind of the culture and tone that Joe set um, in culture clinic coaches clinics um, all the stuff that he preaches you can see it pay off after like two or three years Um, so it meant a lot like this is like the first group I moved back to the area from Appleton. I was going to be an assistant at Cardinal Stritch for two years, and I wanted just to, like, get head coaching experience. So this was the first place that I really got it. Um, so and I think just to see it grow, know, know what Joe's about, be here with, like, every day we go into the gym, we train, like, from U9 to U17 kids, a variety of different skill levels. Joe knows their names. He knows their family names. Greet them with hugs. So, like, if I was ever to be in AAU, this would be the place. I don't think it would work anywhere else for, like, what I'm about as well. I think me and Joe seem pretty eye-to-eye with most things in terms of culture um, and what it should be about. So it's been awesome. I've I've grown a lot um, personality-wise, coaching-wise, training-wise since being here. Um, and just super excited for, like, like you said what's to come and what's down the line. And, and that's the thing that um, I want to share about the culture of CBA uh, is, you know, Max sent us an email, you know, in 2019 about wanting to join, you know, I just coming back from Washington. And, you know, for me, it's I don't micromanage none of these coaches. I give them a platform. I give them what I expect, my expectations. We have coaches meetings. Um, here's our plays. This is what we do. This is our philosophies of what we want. Um, we dive into, you know, teaching and helping the coaches as much as we do the players. Um, all of our positions are paid positions. We pay our coaches. So we have a standard of what we want from them. Um, but that, at the end of the day, you don't want to be micromanaging them. You want them to learn and grow and find their own lane like we all had it, have in coaching. Um, that's a part of um, perfecting your craft is learning um, during this process. And that's something that Max has done over the years is picking up, you know, learning. There are times we take five, six-hour trips, just me and him. So he's just picking my brain. I'm picking his brain. We're, we're, we're talking about different strategies. We're talking about different kids. We're on the phone with different people um, heading home from tournaments. It's, it's a part about teaching the other coaches what it should look like, you know, and you grow their roles as they want to be grown. Um. I- we play a little opening in our thing, uh, in our podcast, play a little opening of Joe talking, and that was at, I think it was at this year's tryouts, I I, I, I kind of stole it from, and talk about, we're not looking at you as what you're doing as a, you know, dribbling, shooting, you're looking at them as a player, as a person, yeah. and how, how they're reacting to certain situations during the trial process. Yeah, and, and that goes back to... Um, what is CBA culture? Not just culture. That's a big word that's thrown around. But 
it means something to us and what that means is it's it's less to do with your skill set and more to do with you as a person you know the life lessons that you're trying to come through the door you can have an unbelievable talent who can bring the whole team down just based off not having the right dna that you're trying to teach that's inside of your program and that has happened to many programs and because you're always targeting the best players um so when we have tryouts, um, when we have, you know, we had over 650 kids try out this year, uh, just in this division. Um, as a total of CBS, we had over 1,000 people try out. But in this division, um, we had over 600 kids. How, how do we decipher who's supposed to be on what team, um, who's supposed to be where, just based off an hour tryout? So when we do our tryout, it, it's going to be hell to play. Because this is what we're trying to teach is our culture. Um, it's 45, 50 minutes of every practice, of every session. It's going to be about diving on the floor, about loose balls, about high fives, about being a better teammate. When you get tired, are you thinking about yourself or, or are you thinking about your team? Um, when you don't touch the line and we have to run again, are you mad that we called you out or are you mad that you didn't touch the line? So you're trying to pinpoint all of that you know, in an hour and a half tryout. Um, and the best way to do that is put them through as much adversity as you can and, and see um, where they come out of that. And where they come out of it is where they're going to be placed. Now, regardless if they think they're better than what they are uh, or not, there's kids that's been here since the beginning and that has trusted the process, and they keep getting better every year uh, because of it. Uh, I think that's why it was so um, – emotional last week when we had Tim on because he is a kid who started um, at a certain level and he, he just kept working he kept working um, inside of a platform that we gave him you know so to see kids every year that takes that same mindset I'm just going to keep getting better and better and as new people come on we want to teach them that mindset um, first so we can help them with their skill set after that. Yeah, and I think I've, I kind of jotted down some notes, too, of like three kind of core things of what our – what, what does Chapman Basketball Academy's culture look like when you walk into a gym? And I think development is like the number one. Like we do trainings, we do these clinics from K-5 to third grade, third to fifth, eighth through senior year high school. But Joe touched on like the mental side of it in your responses – like every something's bad going to happen to you at some point in your life, whether it's on a basketball court, you miss six shots, um, family issues, relationship issues is how you respond to that. And I think a large portion of our development is mental rather than just like, can you dribble between your legs and make a finish or yeah. make a right pass? So I think the tryouts and even the beginning of our practices are probably 20 to 30 minutes of the same defensive slides uh zigzag gauntlets like just some drills that from a coach's standpoint or from a player standpoint probably either like don't make sense or like the odds are stacked against the player mm-hmm. but from our our point of view it's like all right how are you going to respond if we just make a bad call and you got to go again like are you pouting are you getting mad at a teammate or are you just all right i got to do this to to get through it, I got to battle through it. Like, how are your responses? And I think our jobs, once they step into our building, is to make sure that their body language is right, they're given the right energy, and their development 
and that mental aspect is just as important as their basketball skill. Yeah, I think that's important because the response you always can control. You know, the culture of what, what whatever you're in that they're trying to teach you, um, is that's, that's what it is. You know, but you, you can control the response. And that's what we always try to teach in our development. You can control how you respond to an adult through, you know, how you respond when you're working hard or, you know, you, you control that. And that's a life lesson that we're trying to develop in one of our core values is your response matters in life. Uh, things are going to happen to you. How you respond to it um, is totally up to you, you know, in that. So that development is key. Like Max has said, we, we train everybody. And we coach everybody. Um, you know, we do team takeovers where we go to different parts of the city um, on different parts of the night and just teaching the game. Even the you state, just you've, gone up, you've gone up north quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Distance, oh, yeah. I mean, Stevens Point, uh, Rose Holt to Marshfield. I mean, we just go a little bit of everywhere. It don't matter, you know, where we go um, because we're, we're here to teach teach the game and if you invite us to come in and, and help teach the game uh, your kids better be ready because the culture that we set is going to be half of the team takeover you know so if you want to learn from us um, what what it takes uh, the team and especially during the team takeover parts um, you, your kids are going to be tired <laughs> yeah and I, I'm going to touch on the first other two that I just had written down because Joe kind of mentioned it briefly there like number one is like a safe and positive environment for these kids and parents like we don't know what's going at home with a lot of these kids so if if we're their outlet for an hour for a training whether they're playing lightning or or defensive slides like it's going to be fun we're going to encourage them they're probably going to be mixed in with like different age groups different kids so we got to make sure that it's safe it's positive and everyone enjoys coming here like i don't think that gym is ever not filled with our kids Right. <laughs> um, at some point of the day. And in the summer, it's it's 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. We have our kids in there, even outside of practice times. Um, and so, like, I think we put them in di- – it's a little bit different where we do a lot of co-ed trainings and a wide variety of age groups where we're, we're in there coaching them, but they have to learn how to communicate with – different types of people different skill levels how do you react to that which i think is completely different than other places and i think it's different and good for those kids to like socialize and figure it out just like you said with your first story well uh what was that the last last camp we had my son we did a five on five and joe put him on the girls team yep you know against all the boys and yep. you could tell he's like oh, i don't want to be on the girls team and i yep. walked over to joe i'm like keep him on the girls team for the whole thing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i and think it, i said we got to put mason there because he yeah. has sisters yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was important because those girls were winning everything and and how can you impact winning you know it's, it's not so much oh i need to play with my guys <laughs> and this like that it's like no you need to learn how to win set the tone on winning um, because that overmatches anything is how do you affect winning? Not did I play with my guy, did I, you know, shoot 10 shots? Um, how can you play and get those girls better? But also how can you play and affect winning? Because that's, that's what we're about as well is uh, creating a winning attitude, a winning culture, uh, because that's something that's, uh, even though you, we don't win every game, it's just about teaching them what that, what that means and what that standard, you know, kind of looks like. 
So I think Joe touched on this a little bit too, of being like given the platform of to work on their skill, to work on their development. Like we are inclusive and to every skill level, every age group, boys, girls. Like we train from K five to U seventeen. The teams start at U nine, um, and for trainings and clinics, it's not like we we limit it to like elite training only like we'll have some of those in there but the majority of our trainings and individuals clinics are open to any skill level um so i think just giving that platform and opportunity like joe said but also us being in front of them that at that young of an age will allow them to see the culture will allow them to be around like our our tim franks of the world our caitlin our Caitlin's, our Sarah Helms, our Lucy's, like all of those, Michael McNabb's, Isaiah Allen, like to see them in that workout and see how they're going and they look up to them and then watch them on Friday nights. I think that's just a super cool opportunity that our kids have um, and that help us out and help us keep them from U9 to U17. What um, what Joe, uh, Max touched on before about you, you know, saying hi to everybody, what amazes me with how big your program is, you do you might not know everybody, but it, damn, you know <laughs> yeah. a lot of people's names personally. And yeah. that's how, you know, you know, my son's friends with your kids now, with Joseph yeah. and Steph, because of how approachable you were mm-hmm. and how open you are as a director. How approachable is that being important to you? Yeah, I think that's very important. Um, just like we talked about different coaches, um, I learned from different directors that have great success in this state. Um, you learn from everyone of what they do well what they don't do well what what drives you to um, what makes people want to come here uh, is I I spend a lot of time getting to know people and you know that that starts back when I was younger with my with my family is I enjoy that process of getting to know the person the player um, because like we talked about mental health it's a lot of people that are leaning on you as you get to know them and that's what you want so when people walk through that door it can't just be about basketball because we're all going through something that's bigger than basketball so you can approach people give them a hug say you know tie your shoes make a joke or two make them feel wanted as they walk through the door give advice to the parents as they exit the door ask them what they need to see better from us and and vice versa from their kid what they want Um, it gives rapport that I think in this society we don't get enough of anymore. Um, that's why I think that's a great thing, especially like with teachers. You know, we don't value our teachers, you know, like we should, you know. And and I think those are the people that it helps to be a part of the village. So you, you got to do your job to be a part of the village. I know as we move forward here to kind of wrap things up, I know there's some pretty huge things coming in 2024 for CBA. Um as you grow bigger, more now than ever, um, and what you got going on, how are you prepared to keep this culture going? What are you gonna do? You know, just yeah. reflect on that a little. Yeah, like we say, we got we got big things coming. We got a, a new building coming um, in twenty twenty four. Um, that's going to be huge for us. Um, you know, we we got other things coming that we announce at another time. Um, that's just going to continue to grow us going in different directions of what we're, what we're trying to do. Uh, but by growing the way we are, you got to have people like Max, uh, people like Tim, all your coaches that's on staff, um, 
you need all everyone to buy into what you're trying to do as a person, as a director, um, as a coach. Um, we have great coaches. Um, like I said, you, you can't coach everyone. So your frontline people, your coaches have to do their job of everything that we just talked about, of getting to know the players, of you know interacting with the families. The things that we preach on every day um, is the same things that's going to carry us to bigger and better things because uh, one thing you can't do is is stay still um, and I think that's what happens to a lot of programs they stay still and other programs you know start to come in so you, you got to continue to work you got to continue to grow you got to cont- continue to learn and you got to be open to the process of um, getting better well me personally I want to thank you for you know everything you do for my kids and you know everything CBA does for not only my kids, but it also does for my family, you know, going on, going to traveling and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's a lot of fun and I love being a part of it. So I just yeah. want to thank you for that. You know, yeah. the way you treat Mason and everything is it's awesome. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, some pretty good stuff um, on what CBA is doing, what they're accomplishing and the future and the culture they are creating. It is Truly, truly remarkable. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a good day.